section fourteen of state of the union addresses eighteen twenty nine to eighteen thirty six this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org andrew jackson december the first eighteen thirty four part three the report of the secretary of war together with the accompanying documents from the several bureau of that department will exhibit the situation of the various objects committed to its administration no event has occurred since your last session rendering necessary any movements of the army with the exception of the expedition of the regiment of dragoons into the territory of the wandering and predatory tribes inhabiting the western frontier and living adjacent to the mexican boundary these tribes have been heretofore known to us principally by their attacks upon our own citizens and upon other indians entitled to the protection of the united states it became necessary for the peace of the frontiers to check these habitual inroads and i am happy to inform you that the object has been effected without the commission of any act of hostility colonel dodge and the troops under his command have acted with equal firmness and humanity and an arrangement has been made with those indians which it is hoped will assure their permanent pacific relations with the united states and the other tribes of indians upon that border it is to be regretted that the prevalence of sickness in that quarter has deprived the country of a number of valuable lives and particularly that general leavenworth an officer well known and esteemed for his gallant services in the late war and for his subsequent good conduct has fallen a victim to his zeal and exertions in the discharge of his duty the army is in a high state of discipline its moral condition so far as that is known here is good and the various branches of the public service are carefully attended to it is amply sufficient under its present organization for providing the necessary garrisons for the seaboard and for the defence of the internal frontier and also for preserving the elements of military knowledge and for keeping pace with those improvements which modern experience is continually making and these objects appear to me to embrace all the legitimate purposes for which a permanent military force should be maintained in our country the lessons of history teach us its danger and the tendency which exists to an increase this can be best met and averted by a just caution on the part of the public itself and of those who represent them in congress from the duties which devolve on the engineer department and upon the topographical engineers a different organization seems to be demanded by the public interest and i recommend the subject to your consideration no important change has during this season taken place in the condition of the indians arrangements are in progress for the removal of the creeks and will soon be for the removal of the seminoles i regret that the cherokees east of the mississippi have not yet determined as a community to remove how long the personal causes which have heretofore retarded that ultimately inevitable measure will continue to operate i am unable to conjecture it is certain however that delay will bring with it accumulated evils which will render their condition more and more unpleasant 
the experience of every year adds to the conviction that emigration and that alone can preserve from destruction the remnant of the tribes yet living amongst us the facility with which the necessaries of life are procured and the treaty stipulations providing aid for the emigrant indians in their agricultural pursuits and in the important concern of education and their removal from those causes which have heretofore depressed all and destroyed many of the tribes cannot fail to stimulate their exertions and to reward their industry the two laws passed at the last session of congress on the subject of indian affairs have been carried into effect and detailed instructions for their administration have been given it will be seen by the estimates for the present session that a great reduction will take place in the expenditures of the department in consequence of these laws and there is reason to believe that their operation will be salutary and that the colonization of the indians on the western frontier together with a judicious system of administration will still further reduce the expenses of this branch of the public service and at the same time promote its usefulness and efficiency circumstances have been recently developed showing the existence of extensive frauds under the various laws granting pensions and gratuities for revolutionary services it is impossible to estimate the amount which may have been thus fraudulently obtained from the national treasury i am satisfied however it has been such as to justify a re-examination of the system and the adoption of the necessary checks in its administration all will agree that the services and sufferings of the remnant of our revolutionary band should be fully compensated but while this is done every proper precaution should be taken to prevent the admission of fabricated and fraudulent claims in the present mode of proceeding the attestations and certificates of the judicial officers of the various states from a considerable portion of the checks which are interposed against the commission of frauds these however have been and may be fabricated and in such a way as to elude detection at the examining offices and independently of this practical difficulty it is ascertained that these documents are often loosely granted sometimes even blank certificates have been issued sometimes prepared papers have been signed without inquiry and in one instance at least the seal of the court has been within reach of a person most interested in its improper application it is obvious that under such circumstances no severity of administration can check the abuse of the law and information has from time to time been communicated to the pension office questioning or denying the right of persons placed upon the pension list to the bounty of the country such cautions are always attended to and examined but a far more general investigation is called for and i therefore recommend in conformity with the suggestion of the secretary of war that an actual inspection should be made in each state into the circumstances and claims of every person now drawing a pension the honest veteran has nothing to fear from such a scrutiny while the fraudulent claimant will be detected and the public treasury relieved to an amount i have reason to believe far greater than has heretofore been suspected 
the details of such a plan could be so regulated as to interpose the necessary checks without any burdensome operation upon the pensioners the object should be twofold to look into the original justice of the claims so far as this can be done under a proper system of regulations by an examination of the claimants themselves and by inquiring in the vicinity of their residence into their history and into the opinion entertained of their revolutionary services to ascertain in all cases whether the original claimant is living and this by actual personal inspection this measure will if adopted be productive i think of the desired results and i therefore recommend it to your consideration with the further suggestion that all payments should be suspended till the necessary reports are received it will be seen by a tabular statement annexed to the documents transmitted to congress that the appropriations for objects connected with the war department made at the last session for the service of the year eighteen thirty four excluding the permanent appropriation for the payment of military gratuities under the act of june seventh eighteen thirty two the appropriation of two hundred thousand dollars for arming and equipping the militia and the appropriation of ten thousand dollars for the civilization of the indians which are not annually renewed amounted to the sum of nine million three thousand two hundred and sixty one dollars and that the estimates of appropriations necessary for the same branches of service for the year eighteen thirty five amount to the sum of five million seven hundred and seventy eight thousand nine hundred and sixty four dollars making a difference in the appropriations of the current year over the estimates of the appropriations for the next of three million two hundred and twenty four thousand two hundred and ninety seven dollars the principal causes which have operated at this time to produce this great difference are shown in the reports and documents and in the detailed estimates some of these causes are accidental and temporary while others are permanent and aided by a just course of administration may continue to operate beneficially upon the public expenditures a just economy expending where the public service requires and withholding where it does not is among the indispensable duties of the government i refer you to the accompanying report of the secretary of the navy and to the documents with it for a full view of the operations of that important branch of our service during the present year it will be seen that the wisdom and liberality with which congress has provided for the gradual increase of our navy material have been seconded by a corresponding zeal and fidelity on the part of those to whom has been confided the execution of the laws on the subject and that but a short period would be now required to put in commission a force large enough for any exigency into which the country may be thrown when we reflect upon our position in relation to other nations it must be apparent that in the event of conflicts with them we must look chiefly to our navy for the protection of our national rights the wide seas which separate us from other governments must of necessity be the theatre on which an enemy will aim to assail us and unless we are prepared to meet him on this element we cannot be said to possess the power requisite to repel or prevent aggressions 
we cannot therefore watch with too much attention this arm of our defence or cherish with too much care the means by which it can possess the necessary efficiency and extension to this end our policy has been heretofore wisely directed to the constant employment of a force sufficient to guard our commerce and to the rapid accumulation of the materials which are necessary to repair our vessels and construct with ease such new ones as may be required in a state of war in accordance with this policy i recommend to your consideration the erection of the additional dry dock described by the secretary of the navy and also the construction of the steam batteries to which he has referred for the purpose of testing their efficacy as auxiliaries to the system of defence now in use the report of the postmaster-general herewith submitted exhibits the condition and prospects of that department from that document it appears that there was a deficit in the funds of the department at the commencement of the present year beyond its available means of three hundred and fifteen thousand five hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety eight cents which on the first of july last had been reduced to two hundred and sixty eight thousand ninety two dollars and seventy four cents it appears also that the revenues for the coming year will exceed the expenditures about two hundred and seventy thousand dollars which with the excess of revenue which will result from the operations of the current half-year may be expected independently of any increase in the gross amount of postages to supply the entire deficit before the end of eighteen thirty five but as this calculation is based on the gross amount of postages which had accrued within the period embraced by the times of striking the balances it is obvious that without a progressive increase in the amount of postages the existing retrenchments must be persevered in through the year eighteen thirty six that the department may accumulate a surplus fund sufficient to place it in a condition of perfect ease it will be observed that the revenues of the post office department though they have increased and their amount is above that of any former year have yet fallen short of the estimates more than one hundred thousand dollars this is attributed in a great degree to the increase of free letters growing out of the extension and abuse of the franking privilege there has been a gradual increase in the number of executive offices to which it has been granted and by an act passed in march eighteen thirty three it was extended to members of congress throughout the whole year it is believed that a revision of the laws relative to the franking privilege with some enactments to enforce more rigidly the restrictions under which it is granted would operate beneficially to the country by enabling the department at an earlier period to restore the mail facilities that have been withdrawn and to extend them more widely as the growing settlements of the country may require to a measure so important to the government and so just to our constituents who ask no exclusive privileges for themselves and are not willing to concede them to others i earnestly recommend the serious attention of congress the importance of the post office department and the magnitude to which it has grown both in its revenues and in its operations seem to demand its reorganization by law the whole of its receipts and disbursements have hitherto been left entirely to executive control and individual discretion the principle is as sound in relation to this as to any other department of the government that as little discretion should be confided to the executive officer who controls it as is compatible with its efficiency 
it is therefore earnestly recommended that it be organized with an auditor and treasurer of its own appointed by the president and senate who shall be branches of the treasury department your attention is again respectfully invited to the defect which exists in the judicial system of the united states nothing can be more desirable than the uniform operation of the federal judiciary throughout the several states all of which standing on the same footing as members of the union have equal rights to the advantages and benefits resulting from its laws this object is not attained by the judicial acts now in force because they leave one quarter of the states without circuit courts it is undoubtedly the duty of congress to place all the states on the same footing in this respect either by the creation of an additional number of associate judges or by an enlargement of the circuits assigned to those already appointed so as to include the new states whatever may be the difficulty in a proper organization of the judicial system so as to secure its efficiency and uniformity in all parts of the union and at the same time to avoid such an increase of judges as would encumber the supreme appellate tribunal it should not be allowed to weigh against the great injustice which the present operation of the system produces i trust that i may be also pardoned for renewing the recommendation i have so often submitted to your attention in regard to the mode of electing the president and vice-president of the united states all the reflection i have been able to bestow upon the subject increases my conviction that the best interests of the country will be promoted by the adoption of some plan which will secure in all contingencies that important right of sovereignty to the direct control of the people could this be attained and the terms of those officers be limited to a single period of either four or six years i think our liberties would possess an additional safeguard at your last session i called the attention of congress to the destruction of the public building occupied by the treasury department as the public interest requires that another building should be erected with as little delay as possible it is hoped that the means will be seasonably provided and that they will be ample enough to authorize such an enlargement and improvement in the plan of the building as will more effectually accommodate the public officers and secure the public documents deposited in it from the casualties of fire i have not been able to satisfy myself that the bill entitled an act to improve the navigation of the wabash river which was sent to me at the close of your last session ought to pass and i have therefore withheld from it my approval and now return it to the senate the body in which it originated there can be no question connected with the administration of public affairs more important or more difficult to be satisfactorily dealt with than that which relates to the rightful authority and proper action of the federal government upon the subject of internal improvements to inherent embarrassments have been added others resulting from the course of our legislation concerning it i have heretofore communicated freely with congress upon this subject and in adverting to it again i cannot refrain from expressing my increased conviction of its extreme importance as well in regard to its bearing upon the maintenance of the constitution and the prudent management of the public revenue as on account of its disturbing effect upon the harmony of the union we are in no danger from violations of the constitution by which encroachments are made upon the personal rights of the citizen 
the sentence of condemnation long since pronounced by the american people upon acts of that character will i doubt not continue to prove as salutary in its effects as it is irreversible in its nature but against the dangers of unconstitutional acts which instead of menacing the vengeance of offended authority proffer local advantages and bring in their train the patronage of the government we are i fear not so safe to suppose that because our government has been instituted for the benefit of the people it must therefore have the power to do whatever may seem to conduce to the public good is an error into which even honest minds are too apt to fall in yielding themselves to this fallacy they overlook the great considerations in which the federal constitution was founded they forget that in consequence of the conceded diversities in the interest and condition of the different states it was foreseen at the period of its adoption that although a particular measure of the government might be beneficial and proper in one state it might be the reverse in another that it was for this reason the states would not consent to make a grant to the federal government of the general and usual powers of government but of such only as were specifically enumerated and the probable effects of which they could as they thought safely anticipate and they forget also the paramount obligation upon all to abide by the compact then so solemnly and as it was hoped so firmly established in addition to the dangers to the constitution springing from the sources i have stated there has been one which was perhaps greater than all i allude to the materials which this subject has afforded for sinister appeals to selfish feelings and the opinion heretofore so extensively entertained of its adaptation to the purposes of personal ambition with such stimulus it is not surprising that the acts and pretensions of the federal government in this behalf should sometimes have been carried to an alarming extent the questions which have arisen upon this subject have related to the power of making internal improvements within the limits of a state with the right of territorial jurisdiction sufficient at least for their preservation and use to the right of appropriating money in aid of such works when carried on by a state of by a company in virtue of state authority surrendering the claim of jurisdiction and to the propriety of appropriation for improvements of a particular class viz for lighthouses beacons buoys public piers and for the removal of sandbars sawyers and other temporary and partial impediments in our navigable rivers and harbours the claims of power for the general government upon each of these points certainly present matter of the deepest interest the first is however of much the greatest importance inasmuch as in addition to the dangers of unequal and improvident expenditures of public monies common to all there is superadded to that the conflicting jurisdictions of the respective governments federal jurisdiction at least to the extent i have stated has been justly regarded by its advocates as necessarily appurtenant to the power in question if that exists by the constitution that the most injurious conflicts would unavoidably arise between the respective jurisdictions of the state and federal governments in the absence of a constitutional provision marking out their respective boundaries cannot be doubted the local advantages to be obtained would induce the states to overlook 
in the beginning the dangers and difficulties to which they might ultimately be exposed the powers exercised by the federal government would soon be regarded with jealousy by the state authorities and originating as they must from implication or assumption it would be impossible to affix to them certain and safe limits opportunities and temptations to the assumption of power incompatible with state sovereignty would be increased and those barriers which resist the tendency of our system toward consolidation greatly weakened the officers and agents of the general government might not always have the discretion to abstain from intermeddling with state concerns and if they did they would not always escape the suspicion of having done so collisions and consequent irritations would spring up that harmony which should ever exist between the general government and each member of the confederacy would be frequently interrupted a spirit of contention would be engendered and the dangers of disunion greatly multiplied yet we know that notwithstanding these grave objections this dangerous doctrine was at one time apparently proceeding to its final establishment with fearful rapidity the desire to embark the federal government in works of internal improvement prevailed in the highest degree during the first session of the first congress that i had the honor to meet in my present situation when the bill authorizing a subscription on the part of the united states for stock in the maysville and lexington turnpike company past the two houses there had been reported by the committees of internal improvements bills containing appropriations for such objects inclusive of those for the cumberland road and for harbors and lighthouses to the amount of one hundred and six million dollars in this amount was included authority to the secretary of the treasury to subscribe for the stock of different companies to a great extent and the residue was principally for the direct construction of roads by this government in addition to these projects which had been presented to the two houses under the sanction and recommendation of their respective committees on internal improvements there were then still pending before the committees and in memorials to congress presented but not referred different projects for works of a similar character the expense of which cannot be estimated with certainty but must have exceeded one hundred million dollars regarding the bill authorizing a subscription to the stock of the maysville and lexington turnpike company as the entering wedge of a system which however weak at first might soon become strong enough to rive the bands of the union asunder and believing that if its passage was acquiesced in by the executive and the people there would no longer be any limitation upon the authority of the general government in respect to the appropriation of money for such objects i deemed it an imperative duty to withhold from it the executive approval although from the obviously local character of that work i might well have contented myself with a refusal to approve the bill upon that ground yet sensible of the vital importance of the subject and anxious that my views and opinions in regard to the whole matter should be fully understood by congress and by my constituents i felt it my duty to go further i therefore embraced that early occasion to apprise congress that in my opinion the constitution did not confer upon it the power to authorize the construction of ordinary roads and canals within the limits of a state 
and to say respectfully that no bill admitting such a power could receive my official sanction i did so in the confident expectation that the speedy settlement of the public mind upon the whole subject would be greatly facilitated by the difference between the two houses and myself and that the harmonious action of the several departments of the federal government in regard to it would be ultimately secured so far at least as it regards this branch of the subject my best hopes have been realized nearly four years have elapsed and several sessions of congress have intervened and no attempt within my recollection has been made to induce congress to exercise this power the applications for the construction of roads and canals which were formerly multiplied upon your files are no longer presented and we have good reason to infer that the current public sentiment has become so decided against the pretension as effectually to discourage its reassertion so thinking i derive the greatest satisfaction from the conviction that thus much at least has been secured upon this important and embarrassing subject from attempts to appropriate the national funds to objects which are confessedly of a local character we cannot i trust have anything further to apprehend my views in regard to the expediency of making appropriations for works which are claimed to be of a national character and prosecuted under state authority assuming that congress have the right to do so were stated in my annual message to congress in eighteen thirty and also in that containing my objections to the maysville road bill so thoroughly convinced am i that no such appropriations ought to be made by congress until a suitable constitutional provision is made upon this subject and so essential do i regard the point to the highest interests of our country that i could not consider myself as discharging my duty to my constituents in giving the executive sanction to any bill containing such an appropriation if the people of the united states desire that the public treasury shall be resorted to for the means to prosecute such works they will concur in an amendment of the constitution prescribing a rule by which the national character of the works is to be tested and by which the greatest practicable equality of benefits may be secured to each member of the confederacy the effects of such a regulation would be most salutary in preventing unprofitable expenditures in securing our legislation from the pernicious consequences of a scramble for the favors of government and in repressing the spirit of discontent which must inevitably arise from an unequal distribution of treasures which belong alike to all there is another class of appropriations for what may be called without impropriety internal improvements which have always been regarded as standing upon different grounds from those to which i have referred i allude to such as have for their object the improvement of our harbours the removal of partial and temporary obstructions in our navigable rivers for the facility and security of our foreign commerce the grounds upon which i distinguished appropriations of this character from others have already been stated to congress i will now only add that at the first session of congress under the new constitution it was provided by law that all expenses which should accrue from and after the fifteenth day of august seventeen eighty nine in the necessary support and maintenance and repairs of all lighthouses beacons buoys and public piers erected placed or sunk before the passage of the act within any bay inlet harbor or port of the united states for rendering the navigation thereof easy and safe should 
be defrayed out of the treasury of the united states and further that it should be the duty of the secretary of the treasury to provide by contracts with the approbation of the president for rebuilding when necessary and keeping in good repair the lighthouses beacons buoys and public piers in the several states and for furnishing them with supplies appropriations for similar objects have been continued from that time to the present without interruption or dispute as a natural consequence of the increase and extension of our foreign commerce ports of entry and delivery have been multiplied and established not only upon our seaboard but in the interior of the country upon our lakes and navigable rivers the convenience and safety of this commerce have led to the gradual extension of these expenditures to the erection of lighthouses the placing planting and sinking of buoys beacons and piers and to the removal of partial and temporary obstructions in our navigable rivers and in the harbors upon our great lakes as well as on the seaboard although i have expressed to congress my apprehension that these expenditures have sometimes been extravagant and disproportionate to the advantages to be derived from them i have not felt it to be my duty to refuse my assent to bills containing them and have contented myself to follow in this respect in the footsteps of all my predecessors sensible however from experience and observation of the great abuses to which the unrestricted exercise of this authority by congress was exposed i have prescribed a limitation for the government of my own conduct by which expenditures of this character are confined to places below the ports of entry or delivery established by law i am very sensible that this restriction is not as satisfactory as could be desired and that much embarrassment may be caused to the executive department in its execution by appropriations for remote and not well understood objects but as neither my own reflections nor the lights which i may properly derive from other sources have supplied me with a better i shall continue to apply my best exertions to a faithful application of the rule upon which it is founded i sincerely regret that i could not give my assent to the bill entitled an act to improve the navigation of the wabash river but i could not have done so without receding from the ground which i have upon the fullest consideration taken upon this subject and of which congress has been heretofore apprised and without throwing the subject again open to abuses which no good citizen entertaining my opinions could desire i rely upon the intelligence and candor of my fellow-citizens in whose liberal indulgence i have already so largely participated for a correct appreciation on my motives in interposing as i have done on this and other occasions checks to a course of legislation which without in the slightest degree calling in question the motives of others i consider as sanctioning improper and unconstitutional expenditures of public treasure i am not hostile to internal improvements and wish to see them extended to every part of the country but i am fully persuaded if they are not commenced in a proper manner confined to proper objects and conducted under an authority generally conceded to be rightful that a successful prosecution of them cannot be reasonably expected the attempt will meet with resistance where it might otherwise receive support and instead of strengthening the bonds of our confederacy it will only multiply and aggravate the causes of disunion End of section fourteen